Welcome to the Wellspring Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this Sunday's service. Y'all ready for the word? Me too. Me too. Turn the lights up so I can see people. There you are. Well, y'all good today? I don't know how you can't be good after that. That was, Lord's good. Anybody glad to be here today? um, I really feel like I have the word of the Lord for you this morning and what's on his heart. Um, Before I I jump into it, I want to Remind everyone, if, if, if you weren't here last week, um, and I, I kind of threw this at you, um, really as we were wrapping up, and so it was probably the, the worst presentation of an announcement ever, and so, um, but some of you had registered for this thing, so, um, so somebody got it, but I wanted to um, tell you is that we have a class that's starting tonight that's called Pure Desire. And uh, Chad and Anjali Hamilton are going to be leading that. And this is actually really came out of what the Lord did in their family. And they have just seen revival in their family and their marriage and their personal life. And it's a beautiful story that I'm sure they would love to share with you sometime. But um, as they were walking with the Lord through stuff, this is something, um, what, what this class is going to be teaching was a tool for them to be able to walk out the freedom that God gave them. And so uh, one of the things I'd hear Chad say is he said, God set me free in a moment, but then he gave me tools to walk out healing. And, um, and I believe that this is, it's, it's for, um, this is about families. I believe how the Lord is wanting to move in this hour is in families and in homes and in houses. And um, so this pure desire class, um, really what, what it goes after is um, sexual integrity and I, last week, whenever I jumped up and I said it and I said the words sex, I, thought, I saw a bunch of people look at me like he just said that in church. And, um, and, I, and for me, that was very telling because I believe this around the subject, it's something that's either, either the dirty little secret that we just don't talk about or it's something that we shame in the church. And I believe that as the body of Christ, we have to begin to change the narrative is I believe that um, I believe that the Lord wants healthy families and healthy homes. He wants healthy husbands, healthy fathers that can lead well. And, um, and so this class is not, um, you signing up for the class is not you admitting to having deep sexual issues, okay? This class by nature is informative and it is a tool to be able to, um, to begin to walk in, walk out hell. So if you um, have teenagers are a teenager, have children, um, this is a great um, informative class that there will actually be things afterward presented for whatever it may look like for you. If it is something where there's an addiction there, if you have been somebody who has been um, a victim of um, the, because of the lack of sexual integrity, or if you're somebody who says, hey, I just want to actually know how to um, raise my kids well and bring truth to this, uh, to this, to my kids, this would be a great class for you. So, um, we actually, I think Chad and Anjali will be in the foyer, um, right after service. So you can go and see them. Uh, we have, I think, 
Uh, we, we ordered 30 books, and I think we already have like 20 people registered. So if, you, if we get past 30, we might have to order you another book this week. So anyways, so register for that. I don't know if we have the QR code, but we'll put that up at the end of service. So, all right, that was the announcement I was supposed to make, and did I do okay? Perfect, perfect. Um, you should definitely be there. It is an eight-week class, so, um, it, but it is such good information. All right, today I'm going to be talking about the Spirit-led life. And yesterday um, I had, I had a, something prepared yesterday, and then I sat down with the Lord, and the Lord told me, okay, I want you to go read this. And he said, okay, then I want, now I want you to go read this and read this. And the Lord just did a major download, and I felt like he was saying, this is what I'm saying over the body right now. And I believe in this hour there are so many voices that are wanting to capture our attention that if we aren't people that are daily full of his Holy Spirit, that we can easily become deceived. And the thing about deception, being deceived, is that you don't know you're deceived. Right? You actually think, oh, I, I've got it together, and, but you're deceived. You don't know you're deceived. And so what is the antidote for being deceived? It is being full of his Holy Spirit. And so I want to, towards the end today, I'm going to give you some scripture, and then I'm going to actually give you some real practical things about how do we walk out a spirit-led life. I'm not always, like, giving practical things. I'm like, go seek the Lord for that. But today, I'm going to actually give you a couple practical things. So, y'all good? Awesome. Um, let's, let's start, if you have your Bibles, we're going to go to the book of Luke, chapter 12, starting in verse 13. And uh, it says this, just then someone spoke up from the crowd and said, Master, talking to Jesus, you should compel my older brother to divide the family inheritance and give me my fair share. So Jesus is preaching and some guy says, hey, can you tell my brother to share? It's kind of silly whenever you think about it, right? And Jesus' answer is awesome. He says, uh, my friend, who made me judge or arbitrator over you. So Jesus pretty much said this. He said, no. It's like, nah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and, uh, but then Jesus uses that to begin to teach the crowd. So this guy, so ultimately this guy came saying, look, something unfair is happening. In Hello. And, um, and Jesus, will you fix it? And Jesus is like, hey, I'm, I'm not doing that. Um, but let me speak into this situation. It says, speaking to the people, Jesus continued, be alert and guard your heart from greed and from always wishing for what you don't have. For your life can never be measured by the amount of things you possess. He goes on in verse 16 to say, Jesus then gave them this illustration. A wealthy landowner had a farm that produced bumper crops. Every year the harvest was so great it filled his barns to overflowing. He thought, what should I do now that every barn is full and I have nowhere else to store more? I know what I'll do. I'll tear down the barns and build one massive barn to hold all my grain and goods. That just sounds like a guy. Like, I know what I'll do. I'm going to build something bigger, you know. And, uh, and, uh, and then it says, then I can just sit back surrounded with comfort and ease. I'll enjoy life with no worries at all. Doesn't that sound good? God said to him, what a fool you are to trust in your riches and not in me. This very night, the messengers of death will demand to take your life. Then who will get all the wealth you have stored up for yourself? 
The same thing will happen to all those who fill up their lives with everything but God. Um, I found this in life. I'm going to keep reading in that chapter for a minute. But um, I found this is that we, ha- we can have a big worry in our life. There can be, how many of you know there's always something in front of you? There's always something that you're like, oh, this thing right here, it's looming in front of me. And you think, if I could just get past this thing, then, then I'll be good. If, if I could just figure this out, I'll be good. It's kind of like if I could just get that raise, if, my, if I could just cast that demon out my kid, if I could, you know, if I could do this, then everything will be good. And then you find that you get past that thing and there are like 12 other things that you're like, oh, <laughs> okay, well, thanks God. And um, I'm, I'm joking, but it, it is like that. There is always something. If you live in the realm of worry, there's always something for you to worry about because it's not just another thing. It's actually a state of your heart. That, that, that lifestyle of worry and fear, it has nothing to do with your external situations. It has everything to do with the heart condition. And the Bible makes it very clear, clear and Jesus makes it very clear that there are, two, there are two ways to live. Is you live either focused on the natural or you live as someone who's living in the spirit realm and that out of that place, you're stewarding the natural. So it, it looks like this. You're either trying to fill your life with natural things or you're filled with the spirit of God. And out of that place, you are actually able to enjoy the natural. Okay, so let me say this. I'm not here saying there's the spirit and the natural and one's good and one's bad. I'm not saying that. I'm saying both are actually every, everything that we see, every, everything in the natural God created and every good thing comes from God. Food, I love food, okay? Um, I like to enjoy food. Um, but whenever I begin, even with something like food, I can make that, I have to have it, I have to have this. And if I'm not living from a place being full of the Holy Spirit and enjoying out of that place, what will happen is I'll constantly be taking something in the natural and trying to fill myself with that. And what happens is when you're filled with natural things, the only thing that's birthed is fear and worry. Okay? When you're full of the spirit, you actually get to enjoy. When you're not full of the spirit and you're trying to fill yourself with natural things, the fruit is worry and fear. That's what Jesus is saying in this, but he's taking it further. That's just kind of the beginning. Those are some good indicators, okay? If, If the things that should be good in your life are only resulting in fear and worry and anxiety, then it's a good indicator that you might not be full of the spirit. Okay. Um, Jesus goes on to say this. He says, Jesus taught his disciples saying, listen to me, never let anxiety enter your hearts. Never worry about any of your needs such as food or clothing for your life is infinitely more than just the food you eat or the clothing you wear. Take the carefree birds as your example. Do you ever see them worry? They neither grow their own food nor put it in a storehouse for later, yet God takes care of every one of them, feeding each of them out of the abundance of his love and goodness. Isn't your life more precious to God than a bird? Be carefree in the care of God. 
Does worry add anything to your life? Can it add one more year or even one day? So if worrying adds nothing but actually subtracts from your life, why would you worry about God's care of you? Why would you worry about God's care of you? Think about the lilies. They grow and become beautiful, not because they work hard or strive to clothe themselves. Yet not even Solomon wearing his kingly garments of splendor could be compared to a field of lilies. If God can clothe the fields and meadows with grass and flowers, can he not clothe you as well? Oh, struggling one with so many doubts. I repeat, don't let worry enter your life. Live above the anxious cares about your personal needs. People everywhere seem to worry about making a living, but your heavenly father knows your every need and will take care of you. As you passionately seek his kingdom above all else, he will supply your needs. That's a promise. It's a promise. As you passionately seek his kingdom above all else, he will supply your needs. Right now, Jesus is putting an order to things in our lives. Um, so the natural is good but it's, it, it serves something else, right? And so things actually get out of order in our lives when we don't know how to be led by the Spirit, how we don't know how to be full of His Spirit, okay? So I'm, I'm, I'm bringing us somewhere, okay, y'all with me, is that you're painting this picture of there are two ways of living. Again, it's either you're living full and then in life and enjoyment and peace. Get actually, see the Lord wants, we, we talk about this a lot, being full of his spirit. I, I think maybe four weeks ago, I talked about, I preached a message called um, in and out or um, input output. And it's, it, it looks like our life with the Lord is that it's meant to be this place of we're being filled with him and out of being filled with him, we're giving him. You can't give anything you don't have, right? And so, and then I think last week we even said it, said it like this, is that um, Jesus didn't go to the cross so that you could eat once a week. Is that I believe that the strength of your life will be what happens in the secret place of your life. And, and strength comes from when the secret place of your life is whenever you are communing with the Lord, when you're with him, when he's speaking to you when you're receiving his word, what he has for you, all that he is. And, uh, and so the strength of your life comes from the secret place. I love gathering here, I love gathering together, but I want my desire for you is that when you go home, is that you're encountering him. And when you go to sleep, you're encountering him. And when you wake up in the morning, you're encountering him and you know him and there's input and then when we gather together, it's simply this, is that we're gathering to be encouraged. We're gathering to make a statement before the Lord, right? And so the Lord wants to teach us how to live in this hour because I believe he wants to pour out his spirit on all the earth. I believe that he wants, um, in Romans 8, it says this, is that all creation is waiting and groaning for the sons of God to be revealed. Who are the sons of God? It's those who are led by the spirit. Romans 8 talks about those who are the children of God are those who are led by the Spirit. And all of creation, all of creation is waiting for you to be full of his Holy Spirit and led by him. Why? It's because that means that there is potential in you to bring transformation to wherever you go. It means there's potential in you to be, bring transformation. I had... Um, 
someone come up to me a couple weeks ago and they said, hey, I had a dream. I was like, awesome. And they, I said, what was the dream? And they said, well, I was in this building and it was my birthday and I was thrown a birthday party. And she said, I saw different people. And, um, and she said, and you came up to me and you're like, hey, it's your birthday. I wanna speak a word over your life. And so I went to go speak to her and she said, hey, I need a notepad and a pen. And she began to draw on this notepad. And she said in the dream, she knew that she was, she was writing a heavenly solution for a natural problem. And she told me this, she said, I believe that the Lord is wanting to give answers to the body that government leaders can't figure out, that teachers can't figure out, but the Lord's wanting to give the body solutions for natural problems. And that's what happens when we have the spirit of God is he actually lets us know the, the, the mind of God, the, the answers that he has. God does not lack an answer. Whenever we live consumed with the natural, when we're not full of his spirit, what happens is, is we always start from a place of lack. But in God, there is no lack. When we're full of him, we, why, don't, why don't we have worries? Because we're full, full of him. We've been with him. We know his heart. We know he's going to take care of us. We know he's already met our needs and we, we don't have to worry about just the needs. What would, your, what would your life look like if you weren't just thinking about what do I need? What if you were actually in a place where you're, you're with him and you know his heart that I know even when I'm the points in my life where there is lack, I know that um, it can't stay that way long because he's going to meet that need. It's just an opportunity for me to believe him more. That's all it is, amen? So I believe the Lord just wants to teach us a different way to live. There are two, two, two very two different worlds that you can live in, okay? Jesus demonstrated that. Um, he, Jesus goes on to say this in Luke. Um, he says, your gifts will become a secure, unfailing treasure deposited in heaven forever. Where you deposit your treasure, that is where you fix your thoughts, your heart will long to be there also. So this is ha what's happening. The investment of your life is ultimately where you're depositing your treasure. And wherever you put your treasure, that's where your heart's gonna be as well. So it means this, is that if I'm simply just investing in the natural, what I can get creating security for me, my heart's gonna be there, my, mind's are, my mind is gonna be there. But if I'm investing in the Lord, in eternal things, that's where my heart's gonna be, is in eternal things, okay? Um, Colossians chapter three says it like this, Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above, for that's where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. Yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. Your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tide of this life and now your true life is hidden away in God and Christ. And as Christ himself is seen for who he really is, who you really are will also be revealed for you are now one with him in his glory. And so this again is saying, hey, feast on the treasures of heaven. We, we, I, we aren't praying. We, we, we hear things about, you know, it's kind of our Christianese, right? We've got, you read your Bible, you pray, 
you worship, right? You know what I'm talking about. These are, these are like the things you're like, well, what do Christians do? Well, I think we read the Bible. I think we pray. And I think we worship. I think that's what we do, right? And, uh, but all of those things, it's not just, just acts that we do. I think, I think honestly, as many times as we don't actually know how to really engage in any of those. And truth is, is we actually can do none of those without the Holy Spirit. We, when we actually begin to engage in those things, under the Holy, Holy Spirit's leadership, he begins to teach us. It actually has the power to bear fruit in life in us. You just reading, your, how many of you have read your Bible before and you're like, I don't get it. This is hard. This is tough. You know, but there is something about when the spirit of God begins to make known to you the mysteries of heaven. There's something about whenever you come to him and you say, hey, show me what you're doing. You know, um, prayer. A lot of times we come and we say, God, I need this. God's like, oh, I already know what you need. All right, know what you need. But there's something about whenever you say, God, what's on your heart? What's your heart? What are you doing in the earth? What, what are you, you know, I, I found this as I can, the things I'll pray for my kids. And I found this is I would pray for my kids and ask the Lord for things. And then I would actually stop and ask the Lord what he wants. And what he wants for my kids is always so much better than what I could ever ask for. So I would much rather find out what's on his heart and pray his prayer than to just bring him my list. So prayer is agreeing with what God says he's gonna do. What do you do with the word from God? You bring it back to him. I've given this illustration before is how many of you um, with kids have ever told your kid, hey, we're gonna go get ice cream or a snowball or you, you made a promise to them. What did your kids do? They reminded you. They're like, hey, tomorrow we're gonna go get ice cream after school. Guess what? You pick them up, the first thing they're gonna say, hey, ice cream, you said it. <laughs> right? That's what you do with the word from God. As God speaks, he says, hey, this is what I'm going to do. And you continually say, hey, God, you said you were going to do this. You're not a man that you should lie. And I submit to your timing, to your purposes, how you want to do it. But that is how we engage in prayer, is that the, the key to actually praying is actually listening to his Holy Spirit. And the spirit of God dwells in you. You can be full of him. The Lord wants your life, instead of your first thought to start from a place of lack in life, because you are so full of him and walking with him, you know what he's saying, you feel what he's feeling, is that you actually have a heavenly response everywhere you go. I believe when Christians walking full of the Holy Spirit are unoffendable, we're unoffendable is because someone says something to you and you're like, well, that's, that wasn't nice, but I actually, I'm not living there. Uh, you actually, you, there, there's a higher authority in my life telling me who I am, what I am, what I'm supposed to be doing. And in fact, let me tell you what the Lord says about you. And it keeps you with an open heart where things can just roll off because you, your life isn't dictated by everything around you. It's not dictated by all the voices when you see an issue, you're not moved in saying, oh, it's all gonna be terrible. And God, don't you see what's happening? Lord, the Lord must, he, he's probably caught off guard. We probably, sometimes we think like, oh, God must really be stressed out right now. And God's like, no. He, he's saying, I'm just waiting for people to partner with me. 
I'm waiting for people to open up their hearts and say yes to me so I can give them solutions. It is a mystery that we were created to be co-laborers with God. You were created to be a co-laborer with him. Meaning this is that he actually wants to come and partner with you and let his word partner with you. And you begin to say what he says. His word is looking for agreement in the earth. And so what I'm saying is the church, this is what the church and the body and you and me were meant to look like is that we are so full of him. But I, I believe this is that as long as we are consumed with what's in front, what we can see, then it's hard for us to make space for him to fill. Um, I, I wanna give you this, this example, okay? Um, I, th this is the picture the Lord, the Lord showed me. Um, I, I played basketball growing up, but then I stopped growing and everybody kept growing. And so I had to call it quits. Um, I was like, Lord, you made me love something and I was good at it, but then I just didn't have the physical attributes to win. So anyways, but I was a basketball player and um, growing up, there was always that kid that, um, wanted to play and got to play, but then they would shoot on the other team's goal. They, they were in the game, right? They were in the game, they were doing the thing, they were just hitting the wrong goal, okay? And um, I, I felt like the Lord was saying is that there are, there are many people that they're like, okay, I'm here. I, I'm, I'm trying to do the Christian life, but you've got the goal wrong. You've been shooting at the wrong goal. And you actually need the spirit of God to show you what the goal is. And so you're like, well, I'm coming to church. I do my daily devotional. I'm trying to be a better person. And the Lord's like, that's, that's good. You're in the game, but there's, there's a better goal to be shooting at. I actually want you to score. I actually want your life to have eternal purpose. And so what the Lord wants to do is he wants to teach us a few things. He wants to teach us repentance, which is this, it's changing the way you think. It, is a turn, it, is, it has to do with you changing your mind, but turning, turning away from one thing and not just turning to whatever's next, but it's, tur it's turning from one thing to a very specific thing. So repentance, you know, repentance can be like a dirty word in the church, right? Everybody's like, oh, that means you did something bad and that you need to say you're sorry. And, but that's not repentance. Repentance should be a very normal part of our life where it should actually, we need hearts of repentance that as we see how good God is, is that we're constantly going to him and saying, Lord, you can change the way I think because the way you think is so much better than the way I think, right? And so a, a life of repentance, I, I wanna be somebody who knows how to repent daily. And because I'm coming to him saying, Lord, what am I thinking that you're not thinking? I wanna thank your thoughts. I wanna thank your ideas. And this is the work of the spirit of God in us. He actually, if you go, uh, if you go and read 1 Corinthians chapter two, it talks about this. It ends the scripture of saying, we've been given the mind of Christ. And it talks about how the spirit of God reveals to us the heart of God. He's showing us how to think. What is Romans 12 says? It talks about our minds being renewed. 
that being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Who renews your mind? The Lord does as you let him, as you come to him and say, you actually first have to admit that you need to change the way you think. Repentance, the mark of somebody who is repentant is humility, is that you actually say, God, I need you. And I believe it is the starting point for us to live a spirit-led life, is that we actually admit that we need his spirit. Okay? And so the first thing is repentance. Repentance will live, lead to dependence on the spirit of God. So it's repentance leading to dependence on him, where he's actually the leader. He's actually teaching you what to think. And then that place in your life becomes a cycle, which is called devotion to him, where it is, I'm learning to repent, I'm learning to depend, and I'm constantly going through this. I'm devoting myself to the Lord in that way. He's shaping me, he's forming me. He's actually the one who is teaching me how to live. That is the spirit-led life, is that there is somebody, there, there is the spirit of God that is actually teaching you who is actually giving you the lens for how you see life. That's what the Spirit of God does. He's actually telling you how to perceive life. Many of us, I can tell you, I could probably go around the room and everyone here, you have a story. And you could probably tell me some good stuff in your life and you could probably tell me about all the traumatic parts of your life that have shaped you. Right? Some of you could probably say, hey, I am this way in my life because of this thing that happened when I was a kid right? All of it, even if you won't admit it, I know it's true. And the truth is, is that the spirit of God wants to come and take those lenses that we were given throughout our life that cause us to see the Lord wrong and life wrong. And what he does is he's saying, hey, I'm wanting to change the way you think. That thing right there, you thinking that way, it's actually bringing destruction to your life. And he's saying, I wanna heal that and I wanna change your life. I'm gonna show you how good I am and it's gonna be my goodness that causes you to change the way you think. And so he leads you in all of that. Um, let me, let me I'm gonna land this plane, okay? This is gonna bring it all, all together. I know none of you wanna leave. Nobody says that's true. Just stay. Um, Peter, uh, this is in Acts. Y'all doing good today? How many of you say this? I wanna be full of his spirit. I wanna be a spirit-led person. I wanna, I wanna live full of him so I can actually enjoy what's outside, what the Lord has actually given me to enjoy. Instead of me trying to hoard it, and live full of anxiety and fear. I wanna be somebody who's so full of him that I have solutions and I have a joy in my life and peace and I can actually walk out everything that he's put inside of me. Um, here's a, this is what it looks like in the body, okay? It says, Peter, Peter's preaching to a big group of people in Acts. He says, Peter replied, repent and return to God. So as he's saying, change the way you think, turn to him. This is the life of repentance. He said, each one of you must be baptized in the name of Jesus, the anointed one, to have your sins removed. Then he says this, then you may take hold of the gift of the Holy Spirit. For God's promise of the Holy Spirit is for you. Look at somebody and say, it's for you. Come on, tell them again, but a little louder. Say, it's for you. Like they need to know it, come on. And um, it says it's for you and your families, for those yet to be born. Man, he was talking about us. 
He was saying this, this Holy Spirit, I want you to lay hold of. It is for you, it's for your family, and it's for those who are yet to be born, which is me and you. Come on, we are in this promise. And then he says, um, whom the Lord your, our God calls to himself, Peter preached to them and warned them with these words, be rescued from the wayward and perverse culture of this world. He's saying there is a way this world goes, there is a culture. And he's saying, this is the way that you're rescued, repentance and dependence. This is how you're rescued. He wants to reform the way you think. He wants to change it to where you actually, instead of wondering, man, is, I'm, I'm subject to what happens in the world. Instead, you are one who brings solution to the world. That's what he's called the body to. But that only happens in his presence. Right? All right. Those who believed the word that day numbered 3,000. It's awesome. They were all baptized and added to the church. Every believer was faithfully devoted to, the follow, to following the teaching of the apostles. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another. So this, was, this is what happens when a group of people begin to say, you know what, Lord, you can change the way we think and we wanna be full of your spirit. This was, this was the fruit of it, okay? It says, um, every believer was faithfully devoted to following the teaching of the apostles. So they began to become teachable. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another, sharing communion and coming together regularly for prayer. What, it became a praying church. It became a church that was like, oh, like this is as we're, the, the Holy Spirit actually wants us to pray. He wants us to come together and be in one mind and one accord. He actually wants us, how does that happen? It happens by us hearing what he's saying. So if you wanna be somebody who's spirit-led, I believe you also, this the fruit of your life, like there, there are people, we have a prayer room that happens Monday through Friday. There are people that come every morning and there's people that come every evening and I love watching them because I look at them and say, they, I, I know they're living a spirit-led life. They are devoted to prayer. They are devoted to the Lord, to hearing him, to seeing him. And, um, and then this is what happens. It says, um, a deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers were in fellowship as one body and they shared with one another whatever they had. Out of generosity, they'd even sold their assets to distribute the proceeds to those who were in need among them. This begins to sound a lot like what Jesus talked about in Luke 12. When he said, hey, don't worry. Allow the Holy Spirit to fill you. This is the fruit of your life, is uh, where you actually begin to have heavenly treasure. You have something eternal. And uh, it goes on to say, daily they met together in the temple courts and in one another's homes to celebrate communion. They shared meals together with joyful hearts and tender humility. So they actually began to enjoy natural things together as they had given themselves wholly to becoming a spiritually minded people, right? is that instead of everybody wondering, do I got mine? Do I've got what's mine? What happens is they become full of the Holy Spirit and their natural response is not starting in lack and do I have enough? But their natural response is, I'm gonna be generous with my life and I'm gonna begin to, to love to share meals with people and I'm gonna love to begin to connect with people. And I'm gonna love to pray with people and I'm gonna, and there became an outflow from their life right? And this is what the Lord has called us to. 
Some of you, you're like, I long for community. I long to be around people. And, uh, and I'm saying, be full of the Holy Spirit and he's gonna teach you that. Some of you are saying like, I don't like people. <laughs> you're like, I don't want the Holy Spirit. He's gonna make me like people. I just <laughs> don't want it. But then you learn that God actually wants to gift you with people for your life. And he wants to gift you with good things. He doesn't want, he doesn't want the things that were meant to bless your life to be a burden and to be a source of fear and anxiety and worry. He wants to fill your life. He wants you to learn to submit to him. Holy Spirit is received and submitted to in your life. And he leads you and he teaches you. If you feel like you are lacking something in life, you don't need another church service. You need to submit to the Holy Spirit. I'm saying I love church, I love our gathering, but they, see, this is what happened. There's this, this, um, this, one of my favorite books, there's this quote in it that says, what the early church had going for it was it, it, was, it didn't have to meet in homes because they were looking for life says they met in homes together because they were alive. I don't want us to meet together because we are like, oh, we've got, we gotta meet because I need the pastor to help me be alive or I need somebody, I need somebody to pray for me. And he said, we, we wanna do that. Those are all good. But I, what would it look like if we met because we were alive? What happens if we begin to worship because we were alive to him? He's already filled me and made me alive in Him. I'm already alive. His, His resurrection was my resurrection. I'm alive in Him. He is, you know, Jesus, when I read this yesterday. When Jesus gave his, his final breath, do you know what happened? There was an earthquake. And it says that in the temple, the veil that was the Holy of Holies, it says it tore from the top down. It was this picture of God coming down and ripping it in half and saying everything that separated me from you, I've, I've done away with it. It was a picture of what was happening in the spirit is that he was saying that you are a dwelling place for me now. I've, I've removed all the space between us, all the things that kept me from you. You know that your body is a temple for his Holy Spirit where you're not meant to just be worried about everything on the outside and how it's gonna work out, but where you have actually said, Lord, you can come and fill this temple. And as you fill me, wherever I go, you're coming out of me. You're, the over, you're, coming, you're, you're overflowing out of my life. And everywhere I go, I'm enjoying and I'm conquering. And even when it looks hard, you, it's like Psalms 23. Even though I'll walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil because he is, uh, he is with me. He prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Is the Lord, whenever you're, we are, he's with you, you're in a place where you're like, I can walk through hell and the Lord is preparing a table for me. And I'm gonna eat right in front of the enemy and he's gonna have to watch. He's gonna have to watch because I'm bringing heavenly solutions wherever I go. And so I believe today the Lord is wanting to release spiritual hunger in our hearts to where we say, I want this. I want to be full of him. I want to be full of his life. I want my life not to be about me just getting mine, but as I become full of him, I am actually giving him out. He's taking care of me. He's filled my life. And now everywhere I go, I'm spewing out God. I'm spewing out his spirit. But it starts here. It starts in the secret place. 
It starts when, when no one's looking and you saying in, from the per, part of your heart that says, Holy Spirit, change the way I think. Holy Spirit, renew my mind. Holy Spirit, I need you. It's why Jesus died. He tore the veil so all the space between you and him was removed. And he says, I'm gonna give you this gift, my Holy Spirit. Like Peter said, repent and lay hold of the Spirit of God. Lay hold of him, come after him, receive him. You know what, we don't have all the answers, but he does and he lives in us. The world is looking for answers. So you have this choice as you can either, either live completely consumed by what you can see, or you can be somebody who is filled with the unseen. And you step into the seen realm and you say, I've been, I've been there, I've seen what he's doing. You know, the Lord lives outside of time and space. He created time and space for us. So he lives outside and he, he's seen it all. He's been in your tomorrow. He's been there and he's got solutions. And so I want us to do this. Why don't we stand together this morning? And I want us to invite the Lord. I want us to tell, I want in your heart you to come to a place where you invite repentance and dependence on him. Can we do that? Y'all with me this morning? Yeah, three of you? Come on, y'all with me? How many of you want, I, I, I just know this, I want what the Lord wants. I want what he wants. Worship is giving him what he wants. Our lives are meant to be worshiped to him. So you worship him whenever you say, Lord, show me what you want and I'm gonna give you that. Amen. This is what I, I wanna encourage you to do this week, okay? I told you I was gonna give you a couple practical things. Well, here it is. This is what it'll look like walking in the spirit is. One, I want you to do this. I want you to say, I want you to make an offering in the natural. And this, what it might be like is maybe for you, maybe your, your, your night ends with you um, saying, I'm gonna just, you know, wind down and watch like, three Netflix, Netflix episodes and I'm just gonna kind of, this is my winding down. I want you to offer that in the natural. I want you to offer something. Maybe it's offering 30 minutes of sleep. Maybe it's fasting. You know what fasting is? Fasting is putting an emphasis on the unseen instead of the seen. That's what fasting is. It's the same with our lives as I believe the Lord wants to ask you for a specific, some specific things and to say, hey, will you give this so I can do this in your life? There was a um, great preacher, a great man of God named David Wilkerson. He said this, he said, um, he said, I began to ask the Lord for an outpouring of his spirit. And he said, you know what the Lord asked me? He said, the Lord asked me if I would give up my TV. And he said, the Lord, he, he wanted to make it real to me. He's like, will you give that up? You want an outpouring, give that up and come and seek me. And. I'm just saying it's like, we, we want the Lord, we want Him, but what are we willing to give Him? What are we willing to give Him? We're good at asking for the Lord, but there is something that happens when you begin to offer the Lord something in exchange for what He has. There's something that happens. And 
So I'm encouraging you with this, is to give something to the Lord. Make covenant with him. Say, Lord, I'm giving you this and I want all that you have. Lord, what would, and maybe ask him what he wants. What do you want? All right. He's not gonna ask you to give a kid away or anything like that, okay? Some of you are like, I wish he would. Um, I'm joking. So that's the first thing is I want you to make an offering in the natural. The second thing is I want you to pursue the spirit, meaning I want you to invite the Holy Spirit by living a life of repentance and dependence on him, okay? And then the third thing is I want you to keep repeating that. Just hit repeat. The Lord did this in me. We made this exchange. Lord, I'm ready for another exchange. You'll find that this in your life, you'll find like this is the sweet spot where I'm offering him something and he gave me something in exchange. I, it's like that song we sing. I'm clearing out the clutter. Lord, come and fill that space. Some of you got clutter, you gotta get out the way. You've been so focused on this thing that you couldn't see what he wanted to do. So come on, Jesus, we just come to you. Even now, and we just say, Lord, whatever you want, whatever has been, the, whatever are the things in our life, Lord, that has caused us to be so consumed with the natural and not able to see with what you wanna do, we offer that up to you. Speak to us. I just ask that you would illuminate to us, Lord, the things that have caused us to not think like you think. Lord, that I pray that our greatest desire would to have, be, to have your mind and your thoughts to think like you think, to walk into a room and to say, Lord, what do you wanna do? What do you wanna say? To not start from a place of lack, to not start from a place of doubt, but to say, Lord, all I have to do is get your thoughts. So we want the mind of Christ. We wanna be full of you. We don't want to, to live life thinking the way the world thinks, Lord. You offer something better. So we just say yes to you. Come on, I just believe this morning, all we're supposed to do is give our simple yes to him. So we just say yes to you, Jesus. Yes to you. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to our Sermon of the Week. For more information, please visit us at thewellspringchurch.org.